This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Okay, super women. Today is a treat for us because I have a beautiful woman, Minajay, here who is actually a doctor of psychology, and uh, she's coming to me from Los Angeles, my part of town. And I'm excited to talk to her because her story is so relatable to a lot of us. We were, you know, just having a little chat here about, you know, why I first went into business, my personally, why I wanted to go into my own business. Not only did I see my parents as entrepreneurs my whole life, and that was really the prompting for me, but also my own experience, you know, going to work every day, commuting that long commute, and, and having to go away from my child every single day. I'm not able to spend a lot of time with him. And, you know, of course, you know, we've heard the mommy guilt and all this, but a lot of it just had to do with my own personal want for my life. And I know Minajay, she has a very similar story. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. So you, are you originally from California, Southern California? No, I'm not. I was actually born and raised in Turkey. And I came to LA in 99. It's like almost been 21 years. Wow. Very, very cool. But you went to school in San Diego to college. Yes. I went to beautiful San Diego for college. And then I came back to LA, went to Pepperdine for my master's. And then I did my doctorate. Awesome. I was a chronic student for a while. Chronic student, but that's okay. That's awesome. (laughs) What what, What actually drew you to psychology? You know, I actually was introduced to psychology in, 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 in college, my first year of school. And I remember taking this basic psychology course where every week they cover different parts of psychology, like social psychology, learning psychology. And I just thought to myself, I can study this for the next four years. There is so much, you know, complicated and interesting information in there. And so, and it's very relatable when you change countries as, as like, you know, as, as a teenager, it's psychology of people and culture helps with your adaptation. So I think in a personally and professionally was something I could, I could keep learning about. You could keep learning because it just was interesting to you. Yes, very. Well, I love this because you went into cognitive behavioral therapy model, which looks at the thoughts and how they affect your emotions and how it affects your behaviors. And, you know, really, I, I love that because they are all interconnected. So what part of that do you think, you know, said, okay, this is really the, the area that I want to delve into? Absolutely. I, I mean, I hope everything we talk about today will be relatable, but I think this is one of the things that's very relatable for all of us is that, that, that relationship, the way you think is going to make you feel a certain way. And when you, you're going to do a certain things when you're feeling anxious versus motivated or, you know, scared versus intimidated or excited. So that's what cognitive behavioral therapy really resonated well with me is that our narratives, the way we think about things, um, has, is the starting point. And then it, it goes into how we feel and how we act. And, and then our life becomes all kind of shaped by that, that relationship. That's interesting. And, and you think about that, how you think about things, it, it, does, it, does it start when you're a kid? Does it, are you born that way? Do you develop the way you think about things? When does that originate? 
Absolutely. And I think it's definitely very complicated and there's a lot of moving pieces. I always like to ask people to consider different relationships in their lives. You know, obviously we can start with the basic, the family you're born into, you know, the kind of conversations you and your parents have, kind of conversations you watch your parents have. But then it goes into like the conversations you have with your teachers and your coaches other authority figures at school and friends. And it all shapes, you know, uh, there's one of my wonderful quotes that I love is, it says, be careful the way you speak to your children. It becomes their inner voice. Yeah, it's so true. Like your mom will be talking to you for the rest of your life. It's very true. Absolutely. And sometimes even in therapy, I ask my clients, like, is there somebody in your life model that inner dialogue you're having right now? Is that belongs to somebody? And they can, you know, sometimes locate it to a person that, first spoke to them in that way. So there is a lot of, I think, different milestones in our life that shapes our thoughts. And part of therapy is uncovering that and figuring out, you know, was it the breakup you had in high school or college? Or is it the first, you know, um, time you failed in life where you start developing those thoughts and where you picked up from? That's definitely part of the, part of the way of correcting those thoughts that you're having is figuring out, you know, where how did they start? Where did they start from? Who influenced it? But we, but you also have to say at some point, because I work with adults, I don't work with children. So as adults, you have to take accountability that no matter who may have, you know, played a role in the developing of those negative thoughts, you as an adult are keeping them. Yes. You know, you're doing something to keep them, maintaining them. So... What is the difference, uh, and I always want to ask this because I talk to so many coaches, especially because I spent talk to a lot of female entrepreneurs and a lot of them go into coaching. What is the difference between coaching and therapy? So, um, so as a therapist, I can share about my journey. And when I was telling you earlier, you know, I've been in school for many, many years. So as a licensed psychologist, as a mental health professor, professional, I you know, had to go to graduate program and after that do uh, internships and then pass licensing exam. So I definitely can say that for me, uh, the, the path to becoming a therapist requires a lot of training and education and licensing exams. Um, and I believe that uh, as a therapist, you're also getting to work with somebody who is going to really be aware and informed of the research that's out there. You know, what is, what does science say about our emotions? What does science say about our impulses and our urges? What does science say about our way of self-medicating? So I try to be very mindful and very kind of evidence-based in the way I work with my clients. Okay. So based on a lot of, with the science and, and what you've uh, been trained throughout the years. Yes, definitely. Got it. But you know, you went into therapy, started your own business, but you, did you start in a, an office and a consulting firm or, or therapy uh, practice or something like that? Yes. I, so let me share a little bit about like what happened as soon when I graduated in 2012. Like most, I think, business owners, I worked for somebody else's business, right? I worked in drug and alcohol treatment centers and I loved my work there, but I was working for somebody else. And it was in 2017 when I had my daughter 
who's my you know only child that's when things changed for me that's when real. i was like you got real, <laughs> got <Yes>. real. <laughs> oh my god life changed as as all moms out there know uh in in, in the word that's hard to describe sometimes you know it's 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 it's, it's a change that like nothing else yes and I invested a lot in my career, so I wasn't going to let it go. It was a big part of me, but then I have this, you know, I got this new role that is another meaning of my life. So I had to find a way to make it work. And that's when having my own private practice, having my own office uh, became the right fit for me because that was the only way I could still do what I was passionate about, but also have the time for my, for my child or other things that you value, whether it is family or traveling. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, that's very similar to me because, you know, I have, I've been always been driven, always wanted a lot. And I was using a lot of energy in my companies that I work for and the jobs that I have, but there was a lot of time taken away from my family and not a lot of give, not a lot of give in the schedule, not a lot of give um, in my time, not a lot of money to represent how I was working. And so, yeah, I had to make a decision too. Right. And, and I think most of the times, like I, I'm guilty where my three-year plan become, became a five-year plan, you know, of where I, I stay there because I like the comfort and I like the familiarity. Like I, I think I'm, a lot of people can resonate. I don't like change. A lot you of know? people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to push myself. And I think my daughter was that push I needed to make a change and yeah. go after something that is more me. Yeah. It legitimately is scary though. Like it's because if you've gone to college for so long, especially I just, I went through four years school, I got a bachelor's degree and I know that for those four years, well, really for the, all those years, 12 through four, you know, uh, I was being taught to be an employee. So for you to have been, you know, on top of that master's and doctorate, you were taught to be work in a practice of some sort, someone's practice. Yes, yes. And, and to be honest with you, let me, let me share another factor is that as a mental health professional, it's almost like shame for us to talk about owning our business. You know, really? Sh- yes, because there's this idea that, well, you know, you, all you care about is helping people. Yes, I do care about helping people, but I also like to build something that I'm proud of that represents what really matters to me. And, and it's exactly what you said. You're almost trained to you know, work for somebody else and you're not almost encouraged to work for yourself. And I right. think that's a shame. I think that's not fair. It's not fair. It is a shame. And it's not taken into account that you have other responsibilities as, you know, male or female, that you might want to have other life, um, you know, priorities that you want to add into your life. Like you said, travel, your family, you know, your in-laws and women as our women's roles. And this has nothing to do with, I'm not trying to get on this whole feminism thing or, you know, male versus female, but feminine roles, a lot of times dictate that we are the primary caregivers for a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I work with both men and women and they have their own way of being burned out because they put other people's needs before theirs. Yes. For men, it's the idea that I have to be the provider and I have to look for them. And then for a woman that I work with, that I said, come to therapy, it's that idea that my children's needs comes before mine, my family and friends needs before mine. And well, if you put yourself at the bottom and one of the things I love telling them about is that oxygen mask. 
Have you right. heard that? Oh, right. yeah, all the time. I was a flight attendant for all yeah for five years, and I use the same example all the time. Right, it's like it's right in front of you. Yeah, that oxygen mask. Like you got to take care of yourself first. Yes, and have to do what feeds your soul, and um, and for me, it's having my daughter that really you know got me shifting things around and having you know starting something new. I love it. I love that. Okay. So then you have your daughter in 2017 and you're like, enough is enough. I'm out of here. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to start your own business. Now you've been working in drug and alcohol treatment centers for the last five years. And that the switch to your own practice is a little bit different, right? I mean, I mean, really the, I think the basis of drug and alcohol treatment probably goes back to the way you think about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. The cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy, right? Absolutely. Um, but you did not go in focusing on drug and alcohol treatment as you had been doing for five years, right? Yes, yes. So I, that's the other experience that took some time in terms of, you know, when you, I think, you know, women out there that could relate to it, it's like when you start something of your own, you really have to have a moment and ask yourself, you know, what am I passionate about? You know, yes. if I'm, and that's when my therapy, my brand of embracing your therapy was built upon this idea that what I'm really passionate about is helping each of my clients know that they are deserving of believing in themselves. They're deserving of knowing that they're enough. They're whatever gets done, whatever is left undone, you're enough. Uh, it's like this whole idea of like, let go of perfectionism. Uh, I think one of my, another favorite quote, quote is burnout is not a badge of honor. Yes, girl. Say that, <laughs> say that. <laughs> like for, for whoever needs to hear this today. Say it again. <laughs> burnout is not a badge of honor. It's not, it does not, not look good on you. No, it ain't cute. It is <laughs> not cute. It does not go with Manolo's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No matter what color you have them in. <laughs> so and and you see i think that's what that's what a lot of my uh soul searching had to be about is like what is the message that really i value because it's going to be fake if i don't value it i am not yes. going to help other people value it yeah there must have been something that you were going through were you hitting burnout were you feeling that kind of overwhelmed working uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, that, you know, fine line between being ambitious and perfectionist. And I yeah. think for a long time, I lived my life being a perfectionist. Yeah. And being afraid of making mistakes and being afraid of, you know, and all feeling like imposter syndrome. And I think it's that moment where you realize you can still be driven and know that you don't have to do everything, be everything for everyone. So true. So I think that's also, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's what you also have to figure out when you start your business is like, what is the foundation it's going to be built on? And for me, when I transferred from working for a treatment center to my own business, to my own office, I had to really find that foundation. And that's, again, what the name Embracing You was, was developed is because I truly passionate about whether you come to me for addiction my other special is OCD, you know, whatever that you come to therapy for at the end of the day, our goal is for you to love you and embrace you for who you are and yes. how you are. 
who you are and how you are. This is great. What do you think? Now, it's interesting to me because we were talking a little bit before the call, you know, about some of the ups and downs and hurdles that you had to go through your business. And it's interesting that, I don't know, the universe, God, you know, the great one, I'm not sure, whatever you want to say, always if you, whatever you have desired to bring forth, then you're going to have to experience that and get over that yourself, right? Have you noticed this? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what were some of the big things that you had to get over? Oh, I, I mean, some of them, I, you know, we kind of touched on. It's this idea of finding the balance. Like yeah. I said, my daughter was my inspiration. Yep. but it could also be my source of guilt. Of course. <laughs> and, 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 and feeling like, you know, that burnout can come from not knowing how to, you know, pursue your career, but also, you know, be with your family and your friends and other interests of yours. So I think it's one of them is definitely finding that balance. I think yep. it takes a minute. Um, and one of the things I recently also been kind of thinking of is like how, there's not going to be a perfect balance. There's not going to be a perfect harmony. You're, you know, I think it's almost unattainable. So you have to give yourself that permission that maybe this week I'm going to hustle a little harder. Yes. And then next week I'm going to go to Disneyland with my yes, daughter yes. for a three-day weekend. Right. Uh, it, it's, it, it may not always happen the same day or same week, but as long as you're floating back and forth, that's been my kind of answer to that work-life mommy guilt. Yes. Uh, dilemma. Um, another definitely big one is, you know, you don't, there's, there's no manual. There's no manual on how to build a business. Luckily, there's podcasts like yours and, you know, take advantage of the YouTube and free resources out there. Yes. And get a coach. That's one of the things I had to finally overcome is my resistance to getting someone who had done it before to who would just show me the way, you know? Um, now yes. I know another thing that you brought up was like, you did not suffer from postpartum depression per se. Right. Um, but you had the, but the transition into motherhood was just a big, big shock to your system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, I, I know there are a lot of women out there and I'm so happy to hear that we talk more openly about postpartum depression. There's yeah. also postpartum anxiety. You know, I think I love that we are having more conversations. And even though I didn't experience it to that severity, I, I am honest that the transition to motherhood wasn't a walk in the park for me, you know, and in, in many different ways, I, I, I had difficulty. I did not do good with sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and, and there was even moments where I missed my pre-baby life. And you feel, you don't feel good saying this as if you don't want your child, but right. it's, it's a transition. And, and, and I look back and I, I, I think it, it, it seems crazy that I also wanted to build my business about the time my daughter was only like five months old. I look back and I'm like, I was raising almost two babies at the same time. Yeah. yeah. One in a human form and the other one in this, in this office. And so that, that was definitely something. And I learned to ask for more help. Yes. I think that's key as women, like we were talking about, our tendency to do it all and our tendency to take care of everything and everybody. We, we're not very good at asking for help. 
No, we're not. And then that's a, that's a, that's a thing that's really needs to change in order for us to be successful. We have to ask for help. We have to collaborate. We have to, we can't take it on ourselves because we only have 24 hours and there's really not enough time for you to do everything yourself and take care of yourself and take yeah. care of your child who needs you. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, if that means hiring help, like I, I had a full-time nanny, my daughter goes to, you know, daycare now, uh, or hiring a business coach and, and, you know, pers professionally or personally, it's just like get help. It doesn't always have to be like, you have to pay somebody, even if it means the grandparents or the husband or the best friend. Um, so that's definitely something it's, 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 it, and I know it's courageous to ask for help. You know, yes, again, we have to is. learn to be vulnerable and say, you know, I, I need, I need more help. Yeah. Very, very true. I love this whole, this whole notion around balance because, you know, in my experience around balance, it's very similar to yours. Some days I am hustling. Like some days I'm literally working, no joke, 14 hours in that day. I'm going mm -hmm. hard because I have a deadline. I'm trying to get things done. I'm working. I might even go two days in a row like that. But now I'm getting older. I can't do three days probably. I cannot do a week like that anymore like I used to. That's insane. And I refuse to do it anymore because my health, I don't want to cause any more uh, harm to myself. And I don't think it's worth it, honestly. <laughs> you yeah. know what I, mean? yeah. I don't think it's worth it. Like, so if I'm going two days hard, I'm probably doing nothing for two days. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, so in the big picture of the whole thing, it's balanced right? In the big picture, like when my son gets home from school, I shut it down, right? And I might not, I might not start back work again until after they go to sleep. So yes. in the big picture of it all, it's balanced, but on the day-to-day -day basis, don't, don't, don't look at it like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, it's again, the, have the flexibility. And for me, what really worked is I can only do one thing at a time now. Yes, me too. One thing, no more multitasking. Multitasking is not cute. That's another thing that's not eat. You know, women, we really try, we can, we can, but it's not good for us to do so much multitasking one thing yes. at a time. So yeah. if I chose, you know, okay, it's four o'clock, five o'clock. I, I, my, you know, my daughter is at home. I don't look at my phone. I don't think about it, which is yeah. the hardest thing for me. Like think about, oh, the email I got to respond to or the, right. you know, Instagram post I should put out there. No, it's nope. like be where your feet are, yes. you know, be in the present moment. And like you said, and you're going to write that email, then just focus on that email. Yep. I'm, I, have, I have become the same way. I used to not be that way. But one day, this is what will happen if you don't. When your kid starts really talking and noticing and actually tells you, my son, I would, he would be driving with me in the car. And I would be like doing a conference call or something in the car with him as we did our commute. And he would say, he finally told me, you never spend any time with me. Mm. And I said, I'm spending all this time. We're always together. And he goes, but you're not spending any time with me. So here yeah. I am multitasking and doing something else. And that resonated, hit me right square between my eyes. And I'm thinking I'm trying to like do my business, do my bit job, take care of him. No. Now when he gets in the car, whoever I'm talking on the phone, I got to call you back. Yes. Yes, yes, Even yes. if I'm not talking to the kid, right? <laughs> you can sit in silence. That's bonding. Well, sit in silence. Bonding. He, he's, I'm here with you in case you have something to say. <laughs> I know. My daughter is only two years old, but I cannot wait to teach her meditation. Right. Like, we need to. Let's do this in, together. Let's debrief together. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what do you think, what keeps you motivated uh, to continue doing your business and growing? Oh gosh. I think that's, you know, I, I want to share a, a, something I saw on social media a couple, uh, I think it was like maybe a week or 10 days ago that said that we're in the last 90 days of this decade. Well, right now it's like probably 80 yes. or 75. Yep. yep. And that got me thinking. And I think for me, the way to stay motivated and on task is to have my vision. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I'm already thinking of my goals for my 2020, you know, because I think if you, I, I think you, you and I were maybe talking more about this before, before going on the record is like, if you don't put it out there, if you're not intentional about it, if it's, if you're not mindful about it, it just doesn't come true. Right. So it's, and it's, and it's also being, and I, here's the other thing about having vision is that you can't let your insecurities ruin the party. Girl, you're right. They can, they can go to another party, that insecurity. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're not invited to They're my vision party. <laughs> They're not invited to my vision party. My right. dreams are, uh, my happiness is, and my, you know, aspirations and inspirations are, but my insecurities are not. And that, that's also something I have to work through. Yeah. You know, like our insecurities really uh, kind of, leads to misperceptions to the business you can create. Right. You know, I think for, for a little while, that's another thing I had to kind of uh, overcome is not let my insecurities dictate the business I wanted to build because that was a liar kind of chiming, you know, talking in my ear. So I think you also have to create your visions based on your dreams and, 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 and tap into like what, what what you what you're really worthy of yeah and then stick to that vision that's that's one way to stay motivated yeah stick to it i also find that you know making sure you're around other people that share the same vision that can feed your vision right stay away from people that take it away you know? Absolutely. I mean, you, you were telling me a little more about this podcast and it's about women really connecting with other women mm -hmm. that understands each other. And that really just nails it. You know, if you want to grow as a person personally or professionally, you know, you, 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 it's the truth. It's not about, you know, disrespecting anybody. It's not a judgmental comment to say you're going to grow as much as the people around you are willing yes. to grow and support you. Yep. Very true. You have to find your right tribe that's going to support your growth and yes. you supporting theirs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's also like, you're not going to keep positive people around you if you're not positive towards them. Very, very true. Well, I love this so much. Um, and I, first of all, where you're is embracing you therapy.com embracing Check her out. She just started this new project on YouTube. So check her out on YouTube, Embrace Youth Therapy. Um, and I'm so excited to see where you grow. I'm so glad you're also in LA because we do events here. So I would love to continue to collaborate and have you out to some of our events. Uh, so it's very, been very cool talking with you. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I, I, I can just keep talking with you. It was so much fun. I can't wait to see meet you in person. Me so, too. Yes. <laughs> awesome.